everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Spidey New Experience. Thanks for watching and for listening if you're listening to the audio version of our show. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Network. That's patreon.com slash Network. For more information, you want to check it out, uh, be sure to check out our episodes of our other great shows, such as Clone Saga Chronicles, Amazing Spider-Man Classics, Spectacular Radio, and Make My Man in this show. Spidey Dude Experience. So we want your voice to be heard. Leave us an email at network at gmail.com. Voicemail line, if you want to leave your a voicemail, we'll play it on the show. Uh, 818-925-6631. Just be sure to tell us what show you're calling about and where you're calling from. And we'll play it on the respect live on the respective shows. You can also leave a review on Spotify and or Apple Podcast and Google Podcast, whatever podcatcher you are using. Be sure to leave us a review and we'll play it on the show. Good, bad, or indifferent. And of course, you can go to our YouTube page. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. And don't forget the notification bell if you're watching us or listening to us on YouTube as we do all these shows live. Um, do want to give a disclaimer to our audio listeners. For those listening to the audio version, please excuse the references to visual aids and or our live comments. As these shows are, of course, live streamed on our YouTube page. They're also live streamed also on Twitter and Facebook. So Twitter is at Spidey Dude Radio. Facebook is at Spidey Dude Network, as well as Instagram. Follow us there. Thank you for listening, of course, and enjoy the rest of this fine program. Hi, everybody. Zach, join our webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com and the Spidey Dude Radio Network, executive producer of the aforementioned shows. In this episode, we are back it's not a big episode because we're only covering one issue we got our usual cast of characters and i'm really excited to bring it to you and introduce you first up is p thug aka hi hi paul how are you i'm good i'm good man uh just kind of trying to survive you know through everything i'm just kind of bummed out because i don't think i got my my comics that i ordered from from someone and uh not their fault it's uh, other people's faults, and I'm just kind of bumming. But, you know, I'm excited to talk about Spider-Man because I love Spider-Man. So, and with all you, my homies. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk some Spidey because I love We're Spidey. kind of Twinkies because you've got Amazing Fantasy 15 in the background, and I've got Amazing Fantasy 15 in the background. You call us Twinkies? Yeah, we're kind of Twinkies. Yeah. Oh, Never like, I, I was like Twinkies. I love Twinkies. I haven't had one in like 20 years, but I love them. They're good. Listen, listen. I mean, they're not listen, as good as they used to be, but, you know. Dude, Next up, we got... We got our good friend Adam. Oh. Hello, I'm I'm fed. I got my water. Ready to go. Uh, yeah. And finally, to round out our fantastic four, Ooh, the agreeable Neil. There he is. Exactly. Have a show. Before? Yes, Neil has a show. It's called the Bogan Rider Variety Hour, and you can check it out on Fridays uh, on Twitch.com/slash Quillsniv. And I think I have that banner somewhere. Find it. Did you know uh, that the bogan so is also it's a, it's what the, a work in, it's a work in progress? Isn't the like the bogan like an old like George Lucas dark side reference or something? The bogan no, and the last name, No, that's my last name. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you fail. Yes. Hey, you know, Friday hey. hour. AP is it gonna be on still on Friday? Yes, it's on Fridays. 8 p.m. Friday. 
Welcome Rider Variety Hour. Also on Friday, we are going to be doing Make Mine Mayday. So you want to check it out. Uh, you can either check it out afterwards, check out Make Mine Mayday afterwards, or you can check out uh, Bogan Rider Variety Hour uh, later on. It'll be streamed not only on Twitch live, but also will be broadcast on YouTube. Zach, I have I have a question, and this goes to all you guys too, but mainly Zach because he's the, he's the Mayday fanatic, right? So here's my question. Yes. I have never read... I, I, excuse me. I've read the first "What If" issue for Spider Girl, and that's it. Okay. Now I'm doing a giant uh, Spider-Man reread, or just read, or whatever chronological read right now. And I'm wondering if, if I should just wait to do it afterwards, or uh, if I should do as a as like yeah. If I there's a pretty clear that. line of demarcation. Um, really, you could read Amazing Spider-Man up to Amazing 440. And then start Spider Girl, okay. Because that's kind of where the the timelines diverge. Okay, it, right at the beginning of the Gathering of the Five, um, Peter goes to go find what we assume is pay, is Baby May, and that was amazing for forty. And so Peter goes off. Well, um, obviously the Gathering of the Five did not go f- the way we thought it was going to go. It reintroduced our our our. A lovely Aunt May, um, a star in this particular issue, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, the issue that we're covering tonight, and so it all comes yeah, together. Uh, yeah, it all kind of it all it, it all comes together. We got seven viewers. Hello, seven viewers. When when we I, when when we're talking about like being the star, I thought back to like make the making of the Phantom Menace when George Lucas is in front of that wall of concept art of Jar Jar, and he goes, "Jar Jar is the key to all of this." We never had a character like this. We can get Jar Jar working. Hey, <laughs> he did, man. He was the first CG character. He made it work. But anyway, this is about Spider-Man, okay. not Star Wars. But really quickly, I will also this is one of the reasons why is I got I'm, I'm sure if I did this last time or not. Oh, yeah. So because of you guys, I got the Spider Girl, and I mean I think I even said to try to tell this to you on the uh, last uh, show you guys were on. And I retweeted everything. I was like, "Hey, I, I got this because I, I need to." So, <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to read Spider Girl for a long time, and I've neglect—I kind of neglected her just because I'm a jerk, and mm-hmm. it just kind of whatever. And finally, since joining the 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 podcast or whatever uh, the the show or with you guys, yeah. it, kind of me, it, kind of, it kind of made me feel bad that I haven't really like done that. So. I went on the, uh, I've gone the prowl and picked this up. I've gotten to pick up the other two and I'm excited. So uh, when eventually I get to that point of, I could start going to different, um, go to her after I on Clone Saga when I get there, because I've already read the Clone Saga or a good chunk of it, but in my chronological read right now, I'll eventually kind of migrate over there and kind of integrate uh, her stuff with that. Because I, one, I love the Falco because I just read I mean, I've always loved the Falco, but I just read this uh, Marvel team up issue 99 and it's a Spider-Man teams up with machine man and I forgot the guy who drew it, but the Falco wrote it and he is a master of the 22 page story. He's just so solid. Like, you know, he's not like the, the Alan Moore's or Frank Miller's or he's not groundbreaking. And this is not an indictment by him by any means. But he's just so goddamn thorough when it comes to just doing a 22-page comic book. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I flipped through it and I'm like, holy crap! I'm like, I got everything I needed, and it was so entertaining. I'm like, man, who does this as well as he does? I don't know. So anyway, I, I'm excited to read Spider Girl because I love Friends, love all of Olaf, whatever his name is, and I love, 
Yeah, yeah thank you. Sorry, I'm, I'm bad at pronouncing names. And I love the Falcons. So, so, no, it's it's uh, it's exciting. I, I am definitely excited for you to have that. And, and eventually, I think I still haven't gotten a confirmation as to when uh, Volume 3 is coming out. But Volumes 1 and 2 are out. Uh, volume 3 is coming out later this year. I'm assuming it's going to be May. I'm hoping we'll get that confirmation in the May solicitation. I thought it already is out. It's all, I see it all over online. Volume 3? I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm it's wrong. Well, it's out soon. There's, there's, there's the Volume 3 of the Digest, and then there's the Volume 3 of the Complete Collection. So it's coming out soon. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, I haven't got an update though on that because it was it, it was slated to come out in October. Then the pandemic hit. Then it got pushed to uh, okay. April, and because it was coming out once a year in October, and now I, I we're just kind of we're kind of playing the waiting game. So as soon as we know more, we'll definitely be posting that up on spidey-dude.com. All right. So tonight we're going to be covering one issue. That's cool. Uh, issue fifty nine. Uh, great Mark Bagley cover, and I, <laughs> uh, I got this book today, and I was like, man, this is thicker than I'm really anticipating. And then I realized that they did this little lovely gatefold in the middle of the book for uh, King and Black, and I'm like, oh man, like, yeah. do we really did we really need this? Like, is this something we really needed? But because I guess. You and then, of course, this lovely uh, yeah, this, Spider-Man this, poster. This, this ad for the book that will never come out. That's going to come out in, like, yeah. what, a month? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeps it, okay, Adam, we said that a year ago. Yeah, but this time, it you know, things are sort of back to normal. Sort of, not totally. Uh, but. Well, I mean, I mean, for those, Mary, those amazing Mary Jane fans out there. Yeah. They're, they will never get their book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... As Vinkman said, King and blah. Actually, I read, I read the Daredevil tie-in today, and it was great. Supposedly, supposedly, Volume 3 is coming out in March, according ah, to Vinkman. I'll, I'll double-check that. So, um, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Uh, okay, so, like I say, we are covering uh, Volume 3. Volume 3. Volume, volume five. 5. Number 59. I wish it was only Volume 3. It's I would okay, like to eliminate Volumes 3 and 4. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, Paul. Uh, all right. With my next Spencer, uh, Marcelo Fiera is the penciler. Negative Space Part 2. Picking up right where we left off. We get this, this story of Martin Lee. This is the origin story of Martin Lee. Now, I have not read that Mr. Negative miniseries, so I can't like speculate as to the veracity of whether or not this fits in with that. Uh, I got to the point where I stopped reading Spider-Man miniseries because 90% of the time they were just kind of there. So we learned that uh, Martin Lee is is actually not Martin Lee. He was um, he was a smuggler, human trafficker, and he killed the real Martin Lee and, and assumed his identity. So yeah. I'm going to look at the Marvel database. We all know that's the best source to look up this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually nice guys, though. I, I met them I back in the Marvel database. I love it. That's, that's awesome. I actually met the guys that run it, and uh, they gave me a shirt. I don't know what happened to that shirt. I it, 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 I think it got lost in several moves, but so it's so the source is from ASM Volume Four, Number Seven for his for being involved in human trafficking, mm. and then 
Yeah, I've, and I, I, I'm yeah, going to have to go back and reread Volume 4. Yeah, yeah, it also cites Dark Rain Mission Negative Number 3. So, I, yeah, this, is, this looks about right. Okay, so uh, he's kind of telling what happened, and then, of course, the sins of Mr. Negative are literally a demon hanging outside. We then cut to the back to the Osborne, uh, Harry Osborne residence, where Norman is just trying to get Liz to talk. We cut back to Martin go, and Aunt May <laughs> um, going to escape through the tunnels. Meanwhile, Peter is still fighting the uh, inner demons outside. And there's this bit of a monologue where he's, t- he's talking to Harry kind of specifically. And not a whole lot of dialogue from Peter during this fight scene. They're, it's jumping back and forth. Her- uh, no- Norman is taking Liz and Normie to see Harry. And I'm assuming their other child, but I don't know because they don't ever mention the other child. Uh, Good. <laughs> so uh, Liz Sorry, is dev- absolutely devastated. By Norman, but by her being there, so um, we then get a bullpen bulletins, which I have not seen bullpen bulletins in a good minute. Uh, spotlight on Jed McKay. Uh, if you have not read the Black Cat series, I highly recommend it. I, I've really enjoyed it. So, uh, needless to say, uh, Aunt May then gets taken hostage, and just when you think that Aunt May is going to get her head cut off, and I would be so happy. What the fuck? Jeez, I have it out for Aunt May. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, until JMS, I felt I felt like Aunt May was like the most worthless character in the world. I I, I get guys, it. She's just dead weight. Toss her off the side of the boat. Exactly. Toss her off the bridge instead. Um, oh so, needless to say, Martin Lee comes in is like, look, don't don't harm her. Um, we're not defined by our sins. Then the big giant demon infuses himself into Martin Lee, and then Mister Negative's like, "It's good to be home," and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, st- uh, I'm gonna avoid destroying everything, because I am a good guy." Meanwhile, Kingpin comes in, arrests Martin Lee. Now, obvious, we've already, we the reader know what's going on after this big giant gateful cover thing, cover, cover, cover gallery for King and Black. Uh, we then kind of get to her. Fisk is like, "You better have what I'm after, Lee." So Aunt May, he apologizes to Aunt May. Peter swings off, changes into Peter Parker. Aunt May starts getting suspicious, as she should, because he's bleeding. So <laughs> the uh, you know May's like maybe we're going to get a discount for all the re- repeat business and repairs. So there's a bit uh, a discussion between Peter and Aunt May, and Peter kind of you know. Gives Aunt May a pep talk. Meanwhile, speaking of pep talks, we go back to the Nor- the Osborne residence, where Normie and Norman actually. Yeah, I... Because Harry's stuck in the box still. Oh yeah, it may be Ravencroft. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, a dialogue box saying it where it was would be. Mm. Would be I just, nice. I honestly just assumed that it was Ravencroft because the box because Harry's in the dark in the dark force box. So. Yeah, he's still in the dark force box. Um, so. Norman gives a picture of Harry and Norman when, you know, Normie was a kid. And Norman actually has like a real true heart to heart with Normie and kind of start to treat Normie like an equal. Meanwhile, Spider-Man is being a creep and stalking him. <laughs> we come back to the office of Wilson Fisk where they're having a conversation about uh, the tablet of life and death. Uh, the tablets of life and death where they be, uh, bring forth resurrection. Fisk is still trying to bring back Vanessa. 
uh, we then, you know, have Kingpin going saying you're going to need to steal it from Spider-Man, and uh, so basically, <laughs> Kingpin's like, "Look, I'm prepared to give you all the turf you want in New York, but he must warn you that you will have competition." And I'm going to go to the final page. Uh, there you go. If you're watching Whoa. us, YouTube, bam, there it is. You spoiled okay, it. I don't, I don't know who this woman is. It's any... Black Mar It's Black Mariah. Black Mariah yeah. yeah, it's Black Mariah. It's Black Mariah. Yeah. Okay, I had no idea who she was. I, I also that. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. Steve I don't know who this. Oh, is that Cottonmouth? Like Diamondback. It's Diamondback from Bendis' Defenders run. Uh, okay, so you got. Okay, Wait. so for, for our audio listeners, you got Kingpins. Kind of grotesque face. Oh, wait, Paul, did you not read Bendis's Defenders? I did. I thought that was Cottonmouth. No, that was that Diamondback. Hmm. Hey. Yeah, Cottonmouth or Diamondback. All right, so we got Owl, we got Hammerhead. Which, I don't. Whichever know. one was whichever one was in the Luke Cage series. We we have the head yeah. of Silver. Sorry, not, I thought that was. Oh, you're right. It was. I was getting Cottonmouth and him. You're right. You're right. It was Diamondback. I apologize. Sorry. Right, who's the guy in the black in the black mask? Crime Master? That's Crime Master, yeah. Oh, okay. Duh, duh, duh. Okay, yeah, they brought back Crime Master. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it's not Tarantula. Don't get unconfused. <laughs> well, if, if there was two lines going up on the mask, I'd be like, oh, it's Okay, jeez. Needs, well, needs to be a fedora. All right, so yeah. we, we also have... Who's the guy on the table? Who's, who's like, the head? <laughs> I know who the who's head is. Guy? Okay, who's we got... Who's the lady with the, 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 the gold face? Yeah, who's the Who's that? He's the head. Yeah, the head, gold face. Oh, the gold face would be mad a mask who's up the, here. Who, who's the guy with the receding hairline and the giant forehead? Yeah. Forehead? <laughs> I shark? hate you all. <laughs> who's the guy with the hair that's like, like trying to be like Wolverine, but not really in the like far upper left? And that would be the owl. Oh, he's got claws too, right? He's yeah, Wolverine, okay, so. guys. So let, let, for Wolverine our audio guys. listeners that are hey, not. Who's the guy who's all white right there next to Black Mariah? That'd be tombstone. All right, so let me let me run oh, down the crime boss, Mister Ned. That's the joke. <laughs> I I know, but I I'm, I'm thinking about my audio listeners, my all the I'm audio. Not, I'm telling audio listeners, watch us too and listen to our beautiful voices. There you go. Exactly. You go. Yeah. So we got Owl, we got Hammerhead, we got Crime Master, we got Black Mariah, we got Silvermane's head, not attached to an RC car, which I'm very disappointed in. <laughs> uh, we we have. Uh, King, uh, Kingpin, T Kingpin, Tombstone, Madam Mask, and uh, Goldface. Goldface. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that name for her now. Goldface. Goldface. So yes, to be continued. So obviously, it's going to be picked up next week in issue sixty, the big issue, the one that has the centipedes with Mary Peter and Mary Jane together. Everybody uh, panic! Yeah. What's going on? Hey, Neil, honestly, the, viewer, the viewers can only see the top of your head. I don't care. <laughs> no, me. Oh. So uh, what's funny, on the digital version, it just says issue 60. On the on the non-digital version, oh. it actually gives you the date. Really? Hmm. Yes. Okay, I haven't picked up my physical physical copy. Ugh. Yeah, so that, that that is a minor difference. Uh, so it's on sale. Um 224 of 21. So it'll be on sale in two weeks. So, okay. All right. So I'm going to minimize that. Guys. Hi. 
Hi. We're gonna start with we're gonna start with agreeable Neil Midyon. <laughs> top top of your head, Neil. Go All right, ahead, Neil. go. So you can take a nap afterwards. <laughs> I'm right, what's your, what's your I've, thoughts I've, on this one? I've been fighting a computer all day. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You got some fans in. I was excited for you. Yes, I I, I think one of the pins on my motherboard is shot though, so that sucks. But um, I'm gonna give this issue a B. Um, I, I I I would be kinder to it, but I don't know. It just felt like I wasn't really excited for this issue. I'm more excited for like next issue and then the yeah. next two issues and the next two issues after that. Yeah, yeah. But this but this past arc has just been kind of a letdown for me wow. in terms of like what Spen- Spencer set the bar so high that like this feels kind of forgettable. Mm-hmm. It it does feel like we're in the meanwhile phase yeah. of the story. Like I, I made a, I made this metaphor uh a while back and not a while back but today. Uh it's so, like when you're riding a bike and you're shifting gears like you, you, you like grind to a halt for a minute while you're switching it, and mm-hmm. you pick up speed again. Yep. That's what it kind of felt like to me. It felt like I was riding the bike, and I shifted, and Spencer shifted gears without my consent, and then <laughs> as if he needs your consent. Well, yes, because I'm the one riding the bike. <laughs> oh, okay. In that particular instance, yes, yes. In this, in this metaphor, I am the bike rider. But yeah, um, it's the two seater bike. The 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 art, the art was. Yeah, it's not. I don't know why Bagley couldn't have done this ish, these two issues as well as the, because I think he's doing next week's, isn't he? I or think the, he. Or the, yeah, next, or the next one. I don't. Yeah, I think he's doing two weeks. Yes, I think. I, but I also think it's also an oversized issue, if I'm remembering correctly. No, you're, I think you're thinking of ASN sixty three, but um, could be. What what kind of bothered me was just like you know we've got we've kind of got our new our new trio of re- of recurring artists we've got uh, Gleason we've got Bagley and we've got Vicentini because Vicentini was confirmed to be the new one of the new regulars um, so I don't know why Ferreras is that how you pronounce his name Ferreira yeah I think so I don't know why he's uh, why he's doing this book anymore because I thought he was going over to Miles Morales. But yeah, I guess I guess Vicentini just did like six issues by himself, so he needs a little break, and then Gleason mm-hmm. takes time, and then yeah, it just wondered me why Bagley couldn't do this whole trade's worth of art. That just felt weird because you know Bagley's the workhorse of Marvel, so yeah. I mean, this is a guy that can easily do eighteen issues a year, um, but I also think the. The last few issues have not also been single sized. I mean, they've been he's done a few double sized issues here and there. So I, I I'm not a I'm not upset with uh, just this uh, these last okay. So post mortem actually felt like the real ending to Last Remains, but not uh-huh. really. And then uh-huh. these two issues kind of just feel like we're kind of spinning the wheels with the Mister Negative stuff. Mm-hmm. Like and them- thematically, like- thematically, I'm going to give Spencer credit that this that this arc in particular makes sense. Yeah. For for not only Martin Lee and getting him back to being Mr. Negative, but also for Spider-Man, because you know, Mr. Negative lays it on pretty thick, like we're not judged by our sins. Yeah. And that provides a counter philosophy to Pete to Kindred, whose entire deal is like judging people by their sins and saying mm-hmm. that, that defines them. So from a thematic perspective, I understand what he's doing, but it felt like it felt like there's a plot just ground to a halt to make that point. Yeah, and, and look, if anybody's gonna make that point, it would be Martin Lee. Considering yeah. the, the the dichotomy between the two sides, but so so B for you. Um, what what else you got there, uh, Neil? Um, 
I don't know. It just felt like we... I'm going to sound mean, but I kind of wish we just skipped this arc and gone straight to the Peter MJ stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this, this could have easily taken place after the after the postmortem stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just feel like there, there's more important things to do than. But then again, there, there I did like the I did like the uh, Silvermane's head on the or head on the table. Good, <laughs> again, we're, we're going back to Superior Foes again, and I love whenever we go back to Superior Foes. Um, I don't know. It just felt like this arc. It, I don't want to say it's like the 2099 of year of this year, but mm. honestly, it really isn't. But no. this arc, this arc felt like it just was buying time for whatever and just, you know, spinning the wheels in the mud. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have, I feel like I'm just going in circles on my talking points. Okay. Well, we'll move on to Adam. Adam, what's your, what's your grade? Um, My gut feeling is to also give it a B. Um, cause it, I, I get what Neil's saying. Uh, it does kind of feel like, well, it, it feels like an interlude that's setting up the next arc, essentially all the Kingpin stuff. Like, okay, now we've got, um, we've laid kind of the ground, some more of the foundation for, uh, what's going to be happening in a few months or the next couple months with the, the, the Kingpin story um but that being said i also liked what neil said about um you know the mr negative thing being what what mr negative says well what martin lee says about you know the sins not uh defining us i think that was a that was good i think like peter needed that to kind of so he could back away from the edge a bit so he's not like in this huge depression spiral about what Harry's been doing. I feel that. Um, uh, depression spiral, not what Harry's been doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think, but I think like, I think there's a lot of, there's good character stuff in here. You know, Peter talking to Aunt May, it kind of, it, it, it begs the question, like, you know, does Aunt, is Aunt May suspicious or does she know? I've seen some people, thinking that she knows that he is spider-man right you know in that moment and uh it's kind of like a it's gonna be you know a thing like is she just like not telling him and that whole thing you know waiting for him to tell her and i Um, saw i I saw this scenario back in the jms run i saw this scenario back in asm 400 i I saw this scenario back in the ps4 spidey yeah i uh I'm just going to call this just because I can. I like what I'm just going to say is a, a reference to the first Raimi movie with the bleeding arm. <laughs> because it's, it's kind of the same thing as the... Oh, here, you brought like, the cranberry sauce. Yeah. He had to beat an old lady with a stick. Um, yeah. Peter grabs uh, Aunt May's broom. Whack! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that moment between them. It was it was a good moment. I think the the Normie and Norman conversation is interesting. Again, some some nice character stuff there. Um, the art, I think last issue's art was better. This is still fine by me. I don't know. I don't I don't hate it really. Um, You're the art apologist. Sure. Yeah. Um, Shell. Shell. <laughs> give us what we want. Shell. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. I, I actually, I can't wait for Gleason to come back though. Um, draw the, he, draw the Power Rangers. Is, 
<laughs> um, oh yeah, the part. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, it's 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 not a bad issue. Like, I think people. I don't know if. I mean, I hate to say this. I don't, you know, people aren't going to be chomping at the bit to reread it. But you know, when you, I think like when the run's over, you know, you read it and it's part of it, and yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. Um, it's like I already said, it's it's setting up. It's a, it's a little interlude that's setting the stage for the next couple months, and uh, that's fine. I mean, and I'm I'm excited for for that stuff coming up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's I think that's kind of all I got, really. All right, Paul. All right, you guys. Let, let me show you how it's done. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-oh. No, here's oh, the deal. Yeah. I'm gonna drop right. some sick ass beats. I have a sick ass <laughs> beat. Um, no, uh, I think this. I think everyone brings up great points about this. These last two issues, and I think there's a lot of valid criticism of. I say valid criticism because I think that yes. Last remains didn't exactly end the way that you all or what we thought may, would have more of a climatic uh, kind of definitive ending. Where it just kind of again, we I don't want to re, uh, rehash what I've said before, but again, we're, Rick Spencer is giving us something that he, his his run is not just last remains, and then he's going to restart the whole thing over again. Yeah. No, and this is why I like it. This is why I like these last couple issues. It's because he's setting up everything that he wants to have done. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting to this point where he's setting up not just, I think, uh, these villains, but Peter where he's at emotionally. Yes, we know Peter is is in a vulnerable spot. Peter. And he's, was that? Hello? Sorry, that was me. My bad. Oh, that's good. You're good. So so what, what, I, what I appreciate about what Nick Spencer is doing with, with this uh, last couple issues, and I think a lot of people don't like it, and I think that's it's valid. You know, everyone's opinions are valid, but for me, it works because we we see Peter get upset in, um, and get thrashed in Last Remains. The problem is we don't see the fallout you know, from the emotional side a lot in these heroes with these things. It's usually it's this big climatic ending, and then it's, you know, Okay, I move on to the next one, and it's there's not really time to revel, you know. And that's already the wrong word for it, but to kind of kind of see someone kind of you know have a lasting impression. Now, this could be very well because he needed issues to fill to fill up and to get to the next point. I don't know. It doesn't feel that way to me. It really mm-hmm. doesn't. It really feels that he's he wants to show us how Peter is struggling emotionally from everything. And Neil, you brought up a great point about how Mr. Negative bring, brings out that whole idea of the sins don't define us. Well, think about this. That's like great. That's what the whole point of the great power comes, great responsibility thing with, with Uncle Ben comes in is the fact that that sin doesn't define him. And it shouldn't because if it did, like Peter would, you know, would obviously like just melt away because mm-hmm. he would put all that guilt on himself for, you know, his uncle dying. But he, even though he does blame himself and he's defined by guilt, he had to forgive himself to keep, to keep being that hero that he is. And it's interesting that I think this is kind of like the, the moral of this last couple of issues. And I think that we're also getting from Last Remains and with Kindred himself is that the sins don't define you. The sins don't 
make you who you are. You are who you are. They can help shape you and help educate you and you can grow from them, but they don't define who you are. And that's really interesting because then you bring in the sin eater in. He set up a lot of emotional stakes in this story, in these last couple of issues. And I think a lot of people will be, it'll be easy for them to, I think, just kind of like, eh, I don't care about this. I think there's more at stake emotionally here than we're given credit for, at least in my opinion. And I think that the Mr. Negative is definitely the, the, um, the physical attribute of that. And we see that with, you know, the fact that we have Martin Lee, he's this good person, but he's also got Mr. Negative, you know, side with it as well. There's just a lot going on. I think there from a subtext point of view that, he, and again, I love the fact that, you know, this whole sin idea and defining us and, you know, abolishing sin. And what does that mean? And what uh, Nick Spencer's telling a very interesting story that I think a lot of us, maybe aren't really don't want to hear right now because maybe it's just, you know, facing our you know sins in, in our, our lives is really hard. I don't know. I just, I feel there's a bigger story. Uh, I don't want to say a meta story, but I think there is a, a bigger moral. Mega what, arc. Yeah. A, a more of a, a big kind of thematic arc that he's trying to explain to everyone or show with, using Spider-Man, which again, some of my favorite storytelling is, is very much with these kind of, these kind of things. And he's kind of trying to show people kind of like, you know, let's challenge ourselves to think about what exactly does do our sins mean? How, do they define us? Can they define us? You know, what exactly does that mean? I think this whole thing with Kindred is is awesome because of that. And again, it's not everyone loves it. And I think that's, and again, those things are valid, but this is more of that. And I think that th you need stuff like this to help establish the fact that sin is there for Peter. And it's right now it's eating away at him. That's why he's, I mean, he's upset for a number of reasons and he's got, he's taking the things out on these inner demons here, but which is hilarious, right? He's his rage and he's taking it out on these inner, the inner demons, which again, yep. I, wink, wink, I get it, Nick Spencer. I get yeah. you. Don't, yeah. don't even try to play that over me, which I, I, lo I love that subtext. I get, I love that. There is, he's trying to explain that right now, Peter is finding his inner demons with the literal inner, inner demons and he's trying to come to terms with it. I think this the whole arc, and maybe this will be like, oh, yeah, this is Spider-Man, duh. But coming to terms with your sin and your past, I think, is what we're going with here. And I think maybe, and if he does abolish one more day, which would be awesome, which would be going back and maybe even telling us the reader in a meta way, like we made a mistake. This is what the whole point of Last Remains is. You need this stuff to establish when those times come in, it's it really makes even more of an emotional impact. And I think for me, with Sin's Past or whatever the, the last arc was before that and Last Remains, <laughs> and now with this, it's given me everything I need to like to for where Spider-Man is emotionally. And I'm glad we're getting it. I think this is a solid, solid issue. Granted, I've I've been praising the Spencer up and down. He hasn't really written an issue that I hated or disliked a ton for the most part. Um but yeah, I think, and I think the art is is solid here. I think again, going back to my criticism of the last issue, Fiera Furia does a great job of drawing the supernatural uh, costume mm -hmm. characters. He struggles with normal people, and even Mister Negative, I think, looks great. Um, Kingpin, you know, if you look at the last page, it just it's you know it's not the greatest kingpin but it's solid this is solid work i think this guy got more work to be honest i think he'd get better over time and knock it out of the park i think this guy should be looked at as a you know maybe a work in progress kind of a thing at least in my opinion he, this is solid work um sure. as far as and i'm sorry going along with it here zach 
uh, as far as the, um, I love the ending. I think this is going to be fantastic. I love all the crime bosses at the end and how uh, Fisk is is setting them all up to kind of go after Spider Man. I love it. Like I think this is. I love the crime bosses. I do wish there's one character missing, and I've been meaning to read up on them. And I'm sure Neil's and I know about it because you know you're like an encyclopedia over there. But is the hood? Where the hell is the hood? Like I thought mm. the hood might be involved in this or something like that with all these crime bosses. So I, he just. I think his, the last I remember him was in Hawkeye Freefall when he was Hawkeye got the Freefall. crapping out of him by Hawkeye. Um, no, don't <laughs> tell me that. No. no. <laughs> That's, just, the last, that's the last I've seen of him. I don't know okay. if he's appeared in anything since. Well, but. I have to read Hawkeye Freefall now. But, uh, but anyway. But, you problem. So what's your grade? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my grade is going to be probably a B plus. I think it's a, this is a solid, just good and solid issue. So right. I, I wanted to bring up something. I, I hadn't thought about it until recently. Um, and I think – Paul, of all people, actually made me think about it. Um, of all people, what are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, geez. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. Don't was worry. and and the, the idea of like the sins is kind of Spencer's way of uh, laying down the manifesto of his run, mm-hmm. because like when I think back on his um, Captain America, uh, the secret the Secret Empire saga, people people weren't really in on what the the moral was. Right. Like, like you know, what if what if our greatest heroes can be corrupted, or like national yeah. security, or you know, mm-hmm. the the rising tide of fascism? Mm-hmm. This is kind of Spencer laying down one of the core beliefs of his run, in like you know, the we don't let our sins define us kind of thing. And I'm wondering if it's going to be used later on to help Peter transition away from like not only not only being defined by his sins through kindred, but also just you know, moving on from the death of Uncle Ben. Not necessarily like letting letting it, you know, just fade away. Like, oh, it never happened. But like you know, right. ac- accepting it and yeah, using and and you know, if he starts a new life with MJ again, he uses the motivation to keep her and everyone in New York safe as a new motivation. Does anyone question? I hate to. to I don't know this. I'm not trying to make this like a religious thing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think I definitely feel religious overtones with this to an extent because I used to, I I went to a Bible school. And, I don't and and uh, think yeah, and Zach, I'm curious. Everyone, this goes to everyone. I'm not sure what what is uh, Nick Spencer's past, but I sense there's there is some kind of Christian, and and, and not like it's an over like he's trying to preach to anyone by any means. But mm-hmm. what I, I feel that there's an overtone of like that theme of forgiveness and sins and things like that. Like that, it feels like does he have a history? Does he is he ever talked about like growing up like in a in a church family or something I like that? Don't- I don't think it, so. My probably, the, way, the, the way I see it, he's using you know Christianity mostly because you know Christianity is kind of the default religion in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if it if it was if it took place in like China, it, it would have Taoism as sure the, as a as a religious connotation. But because we're in the U.S. and Christianity is considered you know the default. Well, it's not, just, it's very, not well, it's, just and it's various denominations, but but yeah, also. They, most of the Western world. Well, I know, but this is but this, but this is made in the U.S., so I'm using the U.S. Yeah. as the full. Okay. Component. Well, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with your statement. I'm just I'm just saying that there's very well, and it's it's not just even Christianity too. It's I mean there's there's similar overtones, especially in Judaism, because obviously Christianity came from Judaism, and then yeah. of course and uh, the Abraham, all the Abrahamic religions. Yeah. 
even Islam has has those has some of those themes too. So the Abra, you know, any of the Abrahamic religions are going to have that. God, we're getting really deep in the weeds. So I, I, no, this is like, this is this is what I think Spencer is doing though, like legitimately. I don't think this mm -hmm. is like necessarily like I think this is exactly what he wants. To be quite honest, in my opinion. Yeah. So. And I, I don't disagree with with a lot of what you guys said. I was underwhelmed by this issue. Mm -hmm. um, I'm giving it a B minus mm. because took the, took the average right down. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I, the the problem that I have with it, I, I'm not a huge fan of this artwork, and it's because of the fact that preach, brother, preach, uh, brother Zach. The problem I have with it, I think, is the coloring as as well as the inks. Um, so it's not just the art itself. It's the details on top of the art. Yes. So like when I, when I look at like the, the, I would agree with that. Zach. The opening page kind of, I, I don't hate some of the, the stylistic choices that were made. I, the, the, you know, the black and white shading, you know, on one side it's, it's the light and the darkness. And you're trying to put that dichotomy with Mr. Negative. Um, but Colors like are hard, the stuff, the stuff with Norman and Liz, I, I, just the human people are, are kind of just there. The Spider-Man stuff I felt was better last issue because there was much more, it, it was much more a fight issue. Most of the right. Spider-Man aspects of this issue are not really there. Yeah. Um, at times I look at certain pages and I'm like, okay, I'm really getting a Steve McNiven vibe a lot. Which I completely understand, especially when I'm looking at like the pages where they're going back and forth between, um, between Norman, you know, and going to Ravencroft and, and Spidey fighting the inner demons. Uh, I, I like the I like the fact that he's fighting the inner demons and he's fighting his own inner demons and he's having the struggle between his best friend and what has happened to his best friend. Colors the are weird. Uh, it is weird, but. Um, I mean, just, it's not, I wish that we would have had somebody else draw this issue. I think I would have probably enjoyed it more. Um, Bagley. you know, Liz, I, I do like that Liz is being an active part of it. I do enjoy that. I enjoyed the scene with Norman. Um, I, and yes, I made the joke about Aunt May. So let me be, let me be kind of crystal clear about my stance on Aunt May. I don't hate Aunt May. Sure. I just feel like that she's over. She is so one note. So many writers make her that way. Right. And you have to understand. It's like Jonah too. They yeah, do like, Jonah's Jonah. the same way. Um, but for me, I started reading Spider-Man. Aunt May's dead. Right. She's, yep. She's like Uncle Ben to me. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, the baby May stuff happens and we bring back Aunt May and we basically give the finger to everybody that was hoping for a baby, a baby May resolution. <laughs> Um, you know, this, this particular issue where she take, gets taken hostage, it, I think it ends way too easily. Um, she becomes suddenly becomes the damsel in distress. Um, and it's kind of gave me like, I, I remember, and I was reading this digitally first before I got, I actually got the physical copy. So I'm sitting there reading it on comiXology and I'm going, this read better digitally than it does in a regular comic book. Mm. And I, I, I don't hate that, but I also think that you're writing it as a, as a regular comic book. 
Um, I felt like that. Yeah. I, to me, every, I don't hate Mr. Negative. I think he's probably the strong. Uh, he's the only brand new day villain of that brand new day era that I felt had any type of legs. Um, the rest of them really were just there for that initial arc. I felt like Mr. Negative as a crime boss was great. And frankly, in the hands of guys like Christos Gage, Mr. Negative has been really well written. Dumb, dumb question. How far are we defining a uh, brand new day? Are we talking like since, since ASM 545, just si- until Spencer's run, or are we talking about like I would define until the brand big new time era of villains as the year of the brand new day writers? Okay. So that, that year that's or that hundred issues of brand new, like between 545 and, and 647. Yeah. 647. When they did the, uh, uh, origin of the species. Origin of the species arc. So I would. I, that's what I would. Yeah. I would label that the brand new day era. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm going to label that the brand new day era in a future episode. Uh, so because I really feel like you got to cut that. I don't. I don't. I've used the beginning of slots run. Yes, is during brand new day, but truly the beginning of slots run is is big time. I actually fully so, agree as a slot. Uh, apologist here on uh-huh. is, is Zach's on the money. Even though I love New Ways to Die, I think it's a, maybe his strongest uh, Spider-Man stories that I at least I ever read. I liked it, but I had problems with it. Um, Imagine that. And it wasn't, but it wasn't necessarily Slot's fault. The problems I have with New Ways to Die has nothing to do with Slot and more to do with editorial. So, okay. I will, and we'll definitely get to that in a future episode, yes, but. Um, for me, I, I'm like, all right, Mr. Negative's back. Cool. Did this need to be two issues? I don't know. I, I do like the character beats with Aunt May, despite me kind of, you know, going, oh yeah, she's going to die. Um, but you also got to understand, you know, I started reading comics, you know, in 90, 96, and then the, the reboot happens. And then they write her so awful in the reboot that it was such a breath of fresh air during the JMS run. Um, that I was like, okay, cool, great, I'm good. Her knowing Peter Parker is Spider-Man makes sense to me. It's something that was way overdue. And then for them to completely put that genie back in the bottle really, really teed me off. So I, I feel like I'm hoping that we're getting to that. I didn't, I didn't dislike, she was one of my favorite elements of Friendly Neighborhood, the, the most recent volume of Friendly Neighborhood. Um, despite me really not loving that volume overall, the meta arc, it, even spectacular, I didn't like the meta arc, but there was individual pieces of that art of that, of that book that I really liked. Um, so I liked it. Like, I, I don't hate this issue. It's just, I don't know if it really needed to be two issues. Um, I do yeah. like being a bit of a magnificent jerk here. Um, Actually, this 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 bit about uh, Kingpin saying like it just it's so nice when we can when we in government can cut through the red tape that rings a little too close to home because recently the state of Nevada announced that they would let companies run their own governments oh, in yeah. <laughs> in towns. Uh-oh. So I that 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 I don't think Spencer knew that was I don't think Spencer can predict the future, but right. that's some really good prediction on mm-hmm. his end. Yeah, well, well it, yeah. Um, and you live in interesting times, but I, the, probably my favorite scene of the entire issue though, has to be the Normie, Normie Norman scene. 
Say that five times fast. Um, Normie Norman scene. Uh, that scene where it's Norman behaving like a dad, like a grandfather. This is the first time we've seen that with Norman. Yeah. Like, especially, like this is where... Um, in a previous life, on a previous podcast, we had I have discussed: Does Norman love his children? Does he love his grandchildren? And the psychosis, I think, is shown here that he does truly love them. And um, and so like this this scene really kind of encapsulates to me that we were able to see him show that affection, show that love and show that that there was a point in his life that he wasn't all bad, that his relationship with Harry wasn't all bad, that it wasn't terrible. But I do feel like that we definitely have gotten to see another side of Norman. So I, this to, I feel like is making Norman much more three dimensional than just being, you know, cackling, oh, cackling evil guy psychotic hates. man. Do what? Cackling psychotic man. Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to work with the, the, the tablets of time and, and death and life. Real, real um, quick, real quick. I just want to point out. Um, I can't remember what page. I can't tell you what page number it is because I'm reading it from a different source than Comicsology. But yeah. I love. I love that it's the page where he's fighting their demons and they grab Anime out of the floorboards. And then you've got like Liz like on her knees in front of the dark in front of the box, and Harry just like looks like he's dominating her with the T pose. Uh, let me go last. <laughs> uh, it's because oh. he's just standing, yeah, <laughs> dominating with the T pose. You're talking about this one. Right here, if you're watching, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, "What's up?" He's just standing uh, there, yeah, like, like he's. All, it's almost like he's doing the crane kick in Cobra Kai or Karate Kid. Oh, oh why? Why are you okay? I'm gonna blow Neil up. So, for those that are audio, <laughs> you're missing out on this. You need Neil's to go to the, you need to go to YouTube.com. And uh, and see what Neil is what Neil is doing. So, uh, but yeah, that, that that yeah. Again, the artwork is very hit and miss. Uh, the Spidey stuff is great. The non like the human stuff is kind of there, and especially when when the cover is such a great cover. Um, I, I just kind of like oh man, you know. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm giving it a B minus. I don't hate it. But I don't overly love it. It's so, fine. Yeah. It's just fine. That's yeah. it. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go through the comments real quick because some of these are funny. Uh, earlier, Matt said, Matt Auger said, DeFaco is a really good writer. He's agreeing with uh, Paul. Uh, Gathering of Five happened much later in the MC2 timeline than regular 616. Actually, no. But it wasn't brought into. We didn't learn what happened until much later, until around Spider Girl fifty. So, Bankman uh, told us that supposedly Volume Three of Spider Girl is coming out in March. Uh, bring Vinkman the head of the Silvermane on the RC car, just for you, just for you. And then uh, we got 
for the last page you just showed, it's really difficult to tell who all those characters were because the art was not that clear. Exactly. Yeah, that's been that's kind of my problem with it. Actually, it, it wasn't that bad. Come or, or real quick, okay. what, you guys be... what Brinkman says here, and I'll let you guys kind of discuss for a second. Okay. Uh, I think the general consensus. He says, "I think the general consensus is that Kindred Arc is overstayed. It's welcome. We're all ready for it to be done and over with, and ready so we can move on to the next thing." Agree I'm to disagree, Vakeman. Okay, I I understand the people who don't who don't want the Kindred stuff to end. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to do something new, right? Like you know, I, and and I like how Spencer's tying in. Like I think that he's tying in the Kingpin stuff yeah. to the to the life to the tablets stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really that's something neat that I, I think that's what he's going for is that they're going to be used in some way on Kindred, mm. and I think that's a really neat idea. Mm. Um, and that could be, that's that's a good way of Spencer tying all of his plot points together in a much more effective. I keep comparing this to his Captain America run, but I have to because it's this that's well, like the most recent yeah, thing he's done. That's Marvel. Exactly. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I think that's totally that's valuable. like that's long form. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That said, I actually think. This is the most comprehensive look we've had at street level Marvel since uh, Zdarsky's Daredevil started, hmm. because like you've got all the crime, fa- all the crime families doing their own thing in Zdarsky's Daredevil, but now they're all competing. I guess for the they never explain um, is is the idea that Kingpin's going to have them st- have all these different street level mafia guys steal the tablet from yeah. Peter and Boomerang oh, yeah. or one of them, yeah. I believe. Well, he's, so. well, he's gonna—he's gonna—he's gonna have them like do uh, the Great Race. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. that was what yeah. I got out of it. Yeah. yeah I just wanted to make—I just wanted—I just wanted to make sure because it feels—I don't want to say counterproductive, but they're gonna <laughs> yeah. tear. Up- I, I kind of feel like they're trying to go for a bit of a, uh, a reverse Ocean's Eleven theme, where they're—it's you know, um, it's not superior foes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, like I say, I'm—I'm I'm at the point now where I feel. Like we're we're finally starting to progress into into year two. Mm-hmm. But year three, you mean? Year three. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm kind of with you guys. I, I I do. I want on one hand, I just want it to progress. Right. I'm okay right. with the like with there being a slow burn on this story, but I just want it to progress. It's progress. And to be and to be fair, we are we, we are ever we, since the reveal like to Peter that it is Harry. It's like, it's like we've just been on neutral for like five or six issues. In, in so fairness, there, 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 there have been, in fairness, keep, in fairness, there have been, and let's kind of progress. And that's, that's where probably the biggest problem is, is that it's like right now we got a lot of, a lot of subplots. I'm not hating it. Don't misunderstand, but I just get a little frustrated with it in terms of how it's being portrayed. In in fairness, Zach, I, I will I will be honest. Like I I went and did like an entire little. I, I sent McNulty uh, a little like mini essay detailing like the the mini cogs in the in Spencer's machine that are actually spinning. I didn't think about it, but then I went back and looked at all the different plot points, and there actually is some progression. It's just not easily accessible to people who aren't really like paying attention to, like every single little detail, like people like you and me are. Like I did a whole little like a like a mini rant about how Betty Brant could be connected to the Kindred stuff because of where he found because of where Kingpin found Kindred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that we haven't seen in a while, and I'm ready for it to like like I'm ready for there to be a resolution on that or or just be be touched upon because we haven't heard from Betty since the beginning of this volume. No, we have ASM thirty seven. Okay, but like outside of that one brief like side side phone call, we haven't heard we haven't seen Betty. On, right. on screen, was she even? Was she even? Was she even? Was she even in ASM number one? 
She was on I the cover. So. I don't think so. She was on the cover, yeah. So, I, like I say, I, I'm I'm at the point now where we'll see what happens, but. But like we're, we're moving to a plot. I'm I'm fine with this for now because we're moving yeah. to a plot point that I've been looking forward to. Yeah. So I'm willing to be okay with it. Oh, that's a good question, actually. That if Spencer relishes or if he wants to tell do stories, I think Spencer's gonna take having his cake and eating it too in that regard. Yeah, we're, we're, we're like he's we're doing like, both. <laughs> he, we're, he, we're, he's going out of his way to like fix the the problems that Spider Man's had for a while now. But he's also taking the time to like do his own stories because like the the bo- the boomerang kingpin stuff that's com- that's completely separate from the kindred stuff and I think and I mentioned earlier it's going to probably tie in together at some point. That is a good point. Yeah. I, I think that's starting to tie in though because like when you look at it, like now that kindred's been captured by kingpin, he's in the box. He's in the box. He's kind of now kingpin's trying starting to make his move and trying to revive. Vanessa, which I like that as a motivation for so absolutely, yeah. Spider Verse time, baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I, but but I think it makes sense because you know whenever you read Kingpin and early stuff, Vanessa is the one that's always you know generating him to like leave, and he always comes back because you know he, he he struggles with it. But he Vanessa's always gets him to do what he you know to do the right thing. At least he tries to get him. He actually will attempt to. Because of her, so it makes sense that like he feels lost and aimless without her. So uh, again, I I don't mind them barring that that theme. And uh, to be honest, I think I get it's kind of been kind of fun to see Kingpin kind of be part of Spider Man's universe again, yeah. and not just a, a Daredevil mainstay because th- he is a shared villain between both characters. So yeah, I, I got I I used to get really annoyed with like how. We wouldn't see Kingpin. This is the most Kingpin we've gotten, I think, since in Shadow. No, we've got we've gotten him like regular. We had him regularly during Big Time. That's true. We did. Yeah. Yeah. We had, yeah but uh, to but me, this, but this is like his, this is the most consistent he's appeared since yeah, you know oh, yeah, like the early nineties. Sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I mean, there was there was the whole thing where Kingpin died and then. Richard took over and became the new Kingpin and blah, 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 blah. I miss the Rose, by the way. I love the Rose. <laughs> no, seriously. Blood Rose, Rose. I love those characters. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't... Okay. Uh-oh. A lot of people like to hate on Mackie, but Mackie was just writing a lot of that in the... That was what was cool at the time, and they were trying to do cool and edgy, and Web of Spider-Man was kind of that edgier book. Um <laughs> But it was great, Alex. Uh, yeah, Alex's work is not exactly dark and edgy. That's a hilarious thing. The anchor, the anchor, kind of. Not, not the anchors at that time kind of made that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you look at the colors and you look at the inks, especially like around 100. Yeah. It's not really hard to make it darker. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I just gotta say that I, I love I love the fact we're we're diving deep on this issue of Spider Man. I think I want to make that. A, a point and for the audience to know that like who else is going this deep like seriously <laughs> we're going we're going in like deep and thematically into what spencer's doing and i think and again i think it's important to recognize especially with spencer i think there's something about that i love and i just like you said zach you know it this is not not everyone's going to be loving this and not everyone's going to be these issues aren't going to set the world on fire and i get that but I think that to, in the end, you need to have these issues to 
essentially propel Peter and the story emotionally where he needed to go. Now, granted, could this all be done like in a giant-sized issue? Absolutely. But I, I do think that this needed to have happen, at least for us to kind of dwell and kind of and marinate a little bit on yeah. a Peter that's reflective on how he's feeling and not yeah. and not be broody necessarily, but he's yeah. not exactly in a great place. And I think that mm -hmm. ruminating, the, ruminating on that a little bit is nice because we usually see Peter be like, oh, I'm so mad, but I got to move on and be Spider-Man. And it's, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right now he's like, I'm angry. Like I just died like 50 times in a row by like my best friend through some. And he didn't thing. kill the Jackal this time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like there's, there is, there are going to be consequences um, from these things from Kindred. And we're seeing yeah. that and we don't really see that a lot of times in these superhero mega stories. So even though the art may not be great, and I, and I think you said it, Zach, that the, the inks and the, the colors, and I call them the fine details, they're not the greatest on this issue. I will fully admit, but I don't think the artwork itself is the complete problem. And I think for the most part, it's solid. I think if you had a different colorist, maybe it yeah, might maybe be that. No, so I, I, I was talking about, I was talking about that earlier. Hang on, Zach, can you take the thing off so people can see my face? Thank you. Hey, spider talk. What's um, up spider talk? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> um, but I was talking about it earlier. The co the colorist is like there's two of them. This issue, I think, isn't there? Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, because I think for the Harry for the Har for the Normie Norman stuff, that's Andrew Crossley, and for the Mister Negative stuff and the Peter stuff, it's Maury Hollowell. What is with this run and getting really bad colorists? I'm sorry, mm. but I can't I can't stand Curiel. Yeah, I don't, the, the the one good we've we've gotten like you know the the Otley era we got um yeah we got Laura Martin and and yeah. uh, then Nathan Fairbairn for mm -hmm. Otley's art and that stuff looks fantastic. But oh then, yeah. And then and then Gleason got Matt Wilson and and I know that some of us disagree on that but I thought that his that his coloring for Gleason's art was perfect. Very, I agree. Um, I like the art. Yeah. And yeah. and the, and then Delgado has been knocking out the park, but then for whatever reason we've got Bagley. Bagley's got David Cur or Daniel Curiel and his and his coloring is some is not my favorite. I it's not as bad as like Frank Darmada uh, who has ruined like every book he's been on. Well, he hasn't been, ruined his hyperbole, but he's he's lowered the quality of every book he's worked on for the past 5 years. You know, and I I, I don't want to make it very clear. I don't like Bad mouthing people or, or like or talking down their work like colors mm -hmm. and things. Like that. I don't like it. I, I want to make that very clear. I'm not trying to talk mess. I just think for this story and is exactly pretty rock uh, or sorry uh, Neil. Good point. Like the the art the coloring just isn't really working on these with the, with this artist. It's not jiving for me anyway. So yeah. I think that like yeah. if the different if you had the guy who did um and I, I'm really bad with with inkers and and colors his names. If you had the colors who did what I'm here Gleason, for. <laughs> exa yeah, exactly. If you had the colors that Gleason had on this guy, you would have, I think, a much better, like, I think, delivery yeah. of the art. I also think I, I also think there is a problem too about whether or not a book. This has been the longest night. <laughs> like when you think about it, like like when was the last time we had a book in the daytime? I, oh, yeah. I, Jonah arc, like everything has been very dark, very moody, and, and I understand what Spider-Man is saying. 
Well, I mean, Pete, Peter actually woke up in the middle of the day in ASM 52. Okay, but okay, yeah, all right, my bad. So, <laughs> but uh, Spider Talk said, I don't know how much I love being stuck in a comic of this That's tone, even if it's thematically rich. No, I yeah, say, I, I'm, I'm actually with him on that. I want to like ASM 61 through 64 look more like they're leaning more into Spencer's like street level comedy stuff, and I'm all for yeah. that. Give me that. I want that. We're gonna yeah. get it. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. That's what. That's why I've been saying. Be be a little hey, patient. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Be a little I'm, patient. It's coming. It's all coming. And, I know. And no, and no, already <laughs> came. I guess. Over here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, at least Amazing Spider-Man's not getting tied into King of Black. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure okay. we'll make something good out of it, though. So, so yeah. look, I, I'm going to say this. Overall, no disrespect uh, to King of Black because I'm not reading it, but I'm just saying I I'm glad it's not tied in. I like Thunderbolt. <laughs> Yeah, well, I just uh, I'm ready to sit down and like do a binge read of, of Venom and like start from Bonnie Kate's run and then and then work my way to 200. Like I'm okay with doing that, but like I I can't tell you how happy I am to not have to review all those spin-off satellite. <laughs> That's my job. But uh, I will sorry, say no. I it when I was doing it, but like once I'm not doing it, I'm like, "Oh, I did yeah. like Thunderbolts, and I'm excited to read the second issue. So I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read Black Knight because I like Spy Cy Spurrier. So um, real quick, we can we can use the actually we can use this as a, as a constructive learning moment. So we were talking about colorists earlier, and, and I bring this up, and it's because it's a King and Black tie, and it's relevant to this. But I was reading today's issues of issue of Sword, yeah. and one See you guys later. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just. And one of the things, and one of the things I was worried about was the book had four different artists. You had Valerio Shidi, uh, Nico Leon, Bernard Shang, and Ray Anthony Heights. And I was like, what is happening? But Marte Gracia, the colorist for the book, did a, such an amazing job that I couldn't tell it was another artist. And that's and that's what I think is the constructive criticism of this book, mm. is that is that uh, Holloway and... What's his face? I'm sorry. It's it's Holloway and Cross. It's Hollowell and Crossley. I was a composite character I just made there, guys. Um, <laughs> but the composite character of Hollowly, uh, they're they're not good. They're not good for this type of artwork. If if you got someone who could make it more effortlessly blend together and make a better product, then let's do it. If, I'm hoping Gleason comes back for uh with Delgado for 61 and 62. That's all I got. I, I use this constructively. I'm a good boy. Of course. Not a kid. There you go. All right. Final thoughts for everybody. Um, this is why I love. That's why I love comics. Why I love. That's why I love discussion. This is great. Yeah. This is yeah, what I live cool. for, man. I, I I'm really I'm really excited that we're finally caught up with these issues and that yeah. we can finally kind of now that we've got through all the all the Spencer stuff and we're to this point where we can kind of take a, an, an hour with the three of us to talk about an issue. I'm really excited. I do uh, want to thank everybody that's watching right now. Um, yeah. So thanks, thanks SoFlo. Um, SoFlo Entertainment, go check him out on YouTube. Uh, he actually beat us by several hours for reviewing this issue. So uh, oh boy. <laughs> good job, SoFlo. Um, Spider Talk, uh, we're, we're going to have to do something soon. Yeah, Spider. man. You know your season five is about to start, so check them out. If you, if uh, I'm assuming if you have not checked, uh, check them out. Uh, do the, do so. Same thing with Wallen Web uh, Web Snappers. Uh, those guys keep reviewing like uh, Spider Man and other mediums, and so that'll be fun. One of these days, we're gonna do like this big old podcasting, you know, powwow. I love where we it. 
Oh, there you uh, go. That's one of my. That's one of Kumbaya. my. For 2021. Um, speaking of, and I'm I'm, I'm going to kind of monologue here, and then we'll kind of wrap things up for the episode. Monologue. Uh, I'm out. See you. <laughs> But um, so next week, one of the things that we're we're, uh, the next Saturday, we're going to be recording the final episode of Spectacular Radio. So get your voicemails and your emails in so we can get it on that final recording. I'll be pushing that pretty heavily over the next few days. But one thing that I'm going to briefly mention on that show, but I'm not going to get into explicit detail because next week on Spidey to Experience, we're talking about the Save Spectacular Spider-Man hashtag. Not talking bad about anybody, but I'm going to talk. We're going to I'm going to break down what what Vic and what uh, Rick Wiseman said, and we're going to break it down. We're going to go through. I'm going to acknowledge all the things that have been thrown at me because I've been I've, I've had a lot of tweets. It's been our biggest, most traffic. Like we've gotten more tw- likes and retweets on that twi- on that Twitter thread than any other, and so I know there's a lot of people that are that are you know got they got it trending. I don't know if it was worldwide or if it was or what, but they they did a great job last weekend uh, as of this recording, and so I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to spend an hour. We're gonna we're not going to review anything. I'm just going to go through. I'm try to break down as much as I can what we've what we do know for sure about the rights, um, what we don't know, and you know, again, we're going to break down. I've isolated the audio. I will forever have it as a clip because it needs to be played as many times as possible because it's talking about the reality of the situation of what happened with Spectacular Spider-Man, why it's not been revived, and it. it it's not as simple as bringing gargoyles back or bringing young justice back or doing the Snyder cut. There's two, there's two daddies right now. You got Marvel and you've got Sony and there's this tug of war. And I, there's, there's some logic that needs to be thrown out. There's some understanding that needs to be thrown out. And we've talked about it on spec radio, but I just feel like having an episode devoted to talking about the problems with bringing the show back, what could they could do. They could do something different, but in terms of Spectacular Spider-Man, it's dead, Jeff. And that's going to be the, the basis of next episode. And I know I'm probably going to get a ton of hate mail, and I understand it. But I just feel like we have to be I don't want to spend the entirety of the final episode of Spectacular Radio talking about this hashtag thing because it is getting momentum and I I love it. I'm a big fan of, you know, fans organizing together. I've been on campaigns. I helped small, but I still helped on the Save uh, Save Spider-Girl campaign back in the the 2000s. It's not like I don't know what it takes to do it i just feel like there's better in different ways just you know spamming the the hashtag is not enough and it's not as easy as spamming that hashtag and getting it trending is not it, it's easy to do clearly they were able to do it but there's 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 realities that they don't want to acknowledge and so i'm just going to make that episode just to acknowledge 
that and not and make sure that the final spec radio episode is a celebration and not us griping possibly about this. So I, I'm going to be as respectful as possible. Um, I'm going to, but I'm going to lay down reality. There's what we would like. Every everybody I know that's watched this show wants a season three. Myself included, Greg Bashansky included, Neil included. I'm sure Paul and Adam, yeah. all of them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. or not. Adam Paul is like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, I like the series. It was good. Uh, like, I just we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna break that down. Um, I am gonna try to start a series, but it's gonna be long form videos. It's gonna be probably heavily edited videos, where when we're not we're doing reviews and doing live streams, I'll release those on the weeks that we don't have an issue coming out. Um, I'm gonna try to dive pretty heavily into the history of the Spidey, um, the Spidey rights, um, and go from there. It's very, um, it's very interesting. Yeah, Matt, if you want to be a part of the program, like I say, um, next week will be live streamed. So I'm going to be doing it live. Uh, so if you want to comment and talk about it, Feel free. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a PM. We'll we'll kind of go back and forth. Um, also, also, real quick before before we end the show or before you do your thing, just make just make it clear. I I think what Zach was trying to say is that we're not um, dunking on anyone yeah. who wants the show to come back. We're dunking on the ability. I guess the uh, the ability of the show to come back. Yeah. As one of my favorite commentators once said, "Attack the in- be kind to people, be ruthless to institutions." There you go. And that's yeah. be ruthless Look, to Sony. I, the bottom line is, is it would be revived if it made financial sense. And the, the reason that we're getting stuff like clone, like the Clone Wars revival and um the the Snyder cut and Young Justice got two more seasons that weren't originally on the docket. There is some specific ways that that was easy to do. There is specific reasons why Spectacular Spider-Man as an entity is not going to work. And so sometimes it's not listening versus what we want and saying, oh, we're going to do this. Great. I love the I love the passion. But we have to we have to understand the reality, and then come up with solutions to get past that reality, and that's ultimately what you would need. But again, we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dive deep, deep, deep into this because it's an interesting topic. One, two, I man, I've been I've been hammered on Twitter. Um, <laughs> And I've been I've been you know writing responses to, to tweets, so I will bring up those tweets. I'll bring up my responses, and I'll kind of further elaborate. You can only do so much in 256 characters, so doing an entire episode, I think, will kind of bring all that together. And I'm, I'm hoping that the episode will will translate well, and and there will be some people on the network on it. Uh, Matt, like I said, get with me, and we'll we'll try to figure something out. Um, definitely. Uh, definitely are ready to, to kind of talk about that. And, and again, I want to get deep into this stuff because I think it's interesting how 
you know, it also kind of tails into like this whole MC two, MCU possible Spider Verse movie. How is that going to work? Um, I know what's desired, but by the way, uh, Paul Tom Holland basically threw a bunch of cold water on it. So what? I'm sorry. The the Spider Verse thing. So. Oh yeah, man. whatever. And apparently, also he got mad that Marvel wanted him to wear a wig because they wanted his hair to be longer. Like you know, he's got like the curly hair in Homecoming and Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like apparently he wanted to wear it shorter because he's filming, I think, Uncharted, and yeah. he just did, and he just did the reshoots for that uh, Chaos Walking movie he did with Daisy Ridley. Yeah. And Marvel's mm-hmm. like, we want you to have the hair longer, and I I don't know if this is real or not, but he's like, I I don't want to wear the wig. I'm not wearing the wig. <laughs> I, I, there, I there's, there's a lot more expletives in there. I was restrained, Zach. Aren't you proud of me? I restrained I, myself. Listen, <laughs> listen I, am, I am proud of you. Not that like, <laughs> not that I'm not going back and saying this is not necessarily for kids on, on all the live streams because I am. But listen, uh, if you like the show, uh, let, before I do that, gentlemen, final thoughts, thoughts on what I just talked about. Go. It was an okay issue. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, I, I like Spider-Man. <laughs> Adam, the art apologist. Um, I liked I liked the past two issues. I agreed with what, I agree with what Paul said about you know the um the Peter stuff, like really you know exploring that side of it. I think uh, I you know I, I appreciate that. Um, I think because why I mean why do we like this character? We like this character because it's you know it's Spider-Man. And he looks cool and he does cool stuff. But I think. We all like this character because of the Peter Parker element too. I think that's that's got to be just as important. I think, um, and I I appreciate us uh, getting that. I appreciate us getting you know what Peter is dealing with because we've had that since pretty much day one. So yeah, and uh you know we've been very patient with the whole Kindred thing. Uh, I think Kindred's. I think the whole run is basically going to revolve around Kindred at this point, and so in some ways, uh, I think that. But I think, like you know, we just. I know we've been patient for a long time. I think we just got to keep keep holding on. I think the fun stuff is coming. I think the the big stuff is coming too, and uh, yeah, just just keep hanging on, and I think it's all going to be worth it. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree, guys. Uh, the tease, our next live stream going to be uh, here on the YouTube channel will be uh, our discussion of J2 on Make My Mayday. Vinkman says, forget safe spectacular campaign to get the rest of J2 on a Marvel Unlimited. I did it. Please. <laughs> I put a change.org petition. I, I made a change.org petition live. You were there, Zach. <laughs> yes, and Adam. I will be bringing that up. I will be bringing that up. And we will yeah, be talking bring- about that. Yes, please so, bring that up. <laughs> and and also, I have my show on Friday. Be there, guys. Yeah, if, and if you're square the with the Broken Rider Variety Hour, be there for Make My Mayday, and we'll definitely be. We'll, we're going to figure out a, a time where we're all all our schedules are not we're not crossing over with the streams like with Neil and stuff like that. So, stay tuned for more uh, on that. So to wrap this episode up, once again, I want to uh, to spotlight our good friend. Okay, that's just yeah, let's stop that. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. All right. Gotta get the right screen open. All right. Be sure to go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash spidey network. 
And uh, yeah, you can become a Patreon like Vinkman. He is a VIP, Spider VIP. Thank you again, Vinkman, for that. Um, if you like this show, be sure to give us five stars on your favorite podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Coming soon will be all on Amazon Music Podcasts as well. Um, so check that out. Of course, go to our YouTube page, become a subscriber, like, share, and subscribe. We just, I think we had a subscriber during the show because I had 67 and now we have 68. So Yay! Thank we, you. we keep adding some more subscribers. Woohoo! Uh, we get to that 100, I'll be able to finally change the URL. So knock on wood, we'll get that sooner rather than later. Look, just in having that YouTube page, just in the amount of time we have, to already get the 68 subscribers organically. So, yeah. of course, be sure to head on over to spidey-tube.com for more updates, more episodes, more audio. Coming soon, here on the Spidey Radio Network. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you guys next time here on the Spidey Dude Experience.